Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Unsheathed number 59. This is our live show here in our very own Bay Area studio. Yes. See, we come out of our... uh, Discreet Mountain location bunker, and it uh, rains all day. Yeah, I know. That's why we stay Welcome inside. Welcome to not sunny California. I know, seriously. But uh, certainly we have more people here than we had at our Rocky Mountain FurCon show, and uh, probably close to what we had at Rainforest, I'd say. I was going to say, like, I think we have like three to four times as many people as I was expecting to show up here. I know. So thank you. Thank you all for coming. We really appreciate it. Big, big special thank you and shout out to Monoceros Media, who's providing the space and the location here. They're a print and fabrication studio, and they love to support all the creative endeavors of the furry fandom. Their information is on our FA page, I believe, uh, in the journal. And We're creative. Yes. Well, <laughs> apparently we are. Yay. <laughs> and it's not just you and me sitting, talking to each other for an hour. No, that's true. So, thanks again. They provided the space, and uh, they are also experimenting with shooting us on video um getting nods from back there so i assume the video is happening and for i'm assuming most of the people here know but for those of you at home listening to this for the first time i am kyle gold i am cam hirasaki and uh would like to welcome everyone so what have we been up to lately Oh, God, what have we been up to? It's only been a while since we've been sat in front of a microphone together. I know. We we took a little hiatus to prepare for this, and you're still writing Summerhill. I am. The story will demand blood sacrifice by the time it is done, I'm sure. (laughs) And uh, I am still working on wrapping up the sequel to Out of Position, which I think I have like two weeks left to get it finished and off to the publisher. Um, But that's going really well. Blotch is producing some fantastic artwork for it. We... Did not get any prepared in time to show here, but um, I might possibly have some on my phone later if people want to catch me after the show. You people listening at home, That's the side benefit. You should have come to San Jose. Should have come to the live (laughs) podcast. Get to see free arts. And uh, I've just been handed... (laughs) I've just been handed a piece of news. Apparently we're twitcasting. The URL is twitcasting.tu... TV, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I Forward thought the T stood for Tugger. <laughs> I did too. It's like Tugger has his own top-level domain. Um, <laughs> well, he does everything else. I know. I was like, that didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so, twitcasting.tv forward slash Tugrick, T-U-G-R-I-K. Okay. So, we'll we'll have a video podcast up for the first time, so... Again, thank you, Tugrick, for that. Now people can see my adorable visor. Yes. Yeah. It is adorable. I know. You look like an editor at a 1950s newspaper. Or a, like, blackjack dealer at a Reno casino. <laughs> <laughs> Either one of those. So we, we have a couple of letters here. We have a couple of guests. And KM and I are going to try to tell you all a story at some point here. So why don't we start with the letters, because... These two are actually a little bit timely about an event going on next month in November. Which, for those of you who are keeping track, is soon. It's soon, yes. Yeah. Just around the corner. This letter comes to us all the way from Australia, I believe. 
a friendly tail and rudder switch to the riderly fox and otter, respectively. It's your podcast resident, Falf, here, writing in from increasingly warmer Australia. It's once again that time of year, and I'm joining the horde of overly ambitious writers that will this year be trying my paw at National Novel Writing Month, colloquially known as NaNoWriMo, this November. I originally was invited by Alapex Fox in Florida to join him, which is not the Alapex Fox who runs Sofa Wolf. And I've since convinced two other furs to join me, Loki Shepard here in Australia and Isaac Coyote in California. As I told them, the more writers you get together to do it, the more guilty you feel when you don't write. That this, is, this is why many weight loss groups works. Exactly. I was going to say gym memberships, too. Oh, yeah. Spin the bottle. We've decided to go for it. <laughs> Try it. It gets more fun when you have more people. Yeah, but do you feel guilty when you have fewer? No, you feel like a schmuck, though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes this next line in his letter very amusing. We've decided to go for it all the way. <laughs> I approve. We approve Especially of that. you, Isaac. Do you know Isaac Coyote? I do know Isaac, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm fairly certain all of us have set our goal at 50,000 words. This will be very interesting for me as my last project finished around 50,000 words, but took me about a year to finish. But because of the way the school year over here in Australia works, I do everything upside down there, my finals end at the end of October, and I don't head back home to Ohio until December 1st, so I think this is a big opportunity for me. As such, I'd like to be called out on the podcast. Done and done. I'm finally putting together a novel I've been meaning to write for a long time, and I want to actually finish it for good. That being said... I know how that feels, man. And to preclude this from creeping into wall of text territory, I wanted to ask you this. What do you recommend in the way of pre-writing if you already know the story you have in mind is novel length? What is the bare minimum? Uh, That should be B-A-R-E, TJ. Um... (laughs) I, I hope it was just a typo and not like a fur word kind of thing. Uh, what is the bare minimum you have to think about before you write? How much pre-writing is too much? Well, if you write the novel as pre-writing, that's too much. Um, thanks so much, and hope that it makes this, makes this hope that this makes it to you guys before November. Your Austro-American Fulf, T.J. Fulf, and P.S. He will be at further confusion, yes. and so will we. Yes. He also mentions he's going to try to get some Australian wine. Just so you know, I like Shiraz. And Australian Coke Zero. I will say I sampled Canadian Coke Zero up at Rainforest. Um, they use real aspartame there, not the fake stuff that we use here. So, 100%. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you think about pre-writing? You know, I think personally that if the idea is in his head... He really just needs to get down like the relevant points that he's afraid he might forget and then just try to get to writing as soon as possible. That would be my recommendation. I, I kind of find that I like to dive into a story first. And I know I've said this in the past. I get about a third of the way into it, and then I realize, oh, shit, I don't know where this is going. So I need to sit down and outline at that point. Um, I would say it wouldn't hurt for you to sit down and just think out the steps of the story since you're setting aside a month where you're just going to write it straight through. It might be better to do that ahead of time rather than um, you know, get a third of the way in, kind of not be able to figure out where you're going, have to stop. and So if you can set out an outline, but then I would say don't feel bound by it. No. Because all of my outlines, if I ever posted them, you people would look at it and you'd be like, well, that's not what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I know. As I've said on the show before, I write stories that surprise me all the time where I will fully intend to be doing one thing, and then I get to a scene, and I'm like, nah, that shouldn't happen. This should happen. And it's like, okay, go with it. Yeah. Don't, don't behold yourself to yourself. 
Or you get better ideas. You're yeah. just like, this will work better if we do this. Anybody in our audience have thoughts on pre-writing? Anybody out there do some writing who wants to make a comment about how much pre-writing you should do before you start a novel? You will notice that we have this microphone up for audience participation. <laughs> Introduce yourself. And- um, well, I'm DJ. Um, I do a little bit of writing. I don't really post it anywhere, but I do uh, do a lot of writing for my circle of friends because we have a writing group in Southern California. Very cool. Um, what I, I like to actually do a lot of pre-writing. I like to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I usually don't always... I keep that as like a spirit. Like I want to keep it in that same groove. But I, I try and get the main character, the, the, the ending, the beginning, and some like things that happen during the story. But... Uh, Anything more than that, I really, I think, detracts from actually the writing process. I don't know. First off, I just want to say how flattered I am that you drove all the way up from SoCal to see us. Oh, no, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm Orange County for woohoo. Yay. And I just forgot what I was going to say about what he just said. I think that's a good point. Um, The other thing to remember is when you finish NaNoWriMo and you have 50,000 words, that's a first draft. It is very much a first draft. That is, especially if you're churning it out that fast. It's probably not polished. That that is how you figure out what the rest of your novel is going to be, or what your novel really is about. By the time you're done with that, I guarantee you, you will want to go back and change the beginning. Yeah. Plus, like in its finished form, your actual novel, if it's typical novel length, will probably be around twice that length. Roughly, uh, it depends. I mean, you can write a fifty thousand word novel. Yeah. I would say, hi, not too. <laughs> Um, you can... Uh, Hi, Kyle. Oh, hey, we have a falcon in the house. Oh. Um, you can't... He'll be on later. Yes. Don't worry. Don't worry, people listening at home or watching at home. Or playing the home game. Or, or <laughs> playing the home version of our game. Our game would be awesome. Oh, my God. It would. It would. We should have somebody do that for us. You can write the first draft. I think a lot... Uh, no, we were talking about length. That's what I, I keep getting distracted. We're always talking about that. <laughs> length doesn't matter. It's what you do with the story that counts. It's right? all about the quality of what you're putting into it. Exactly. And whether the story has enough movement. Typical, you can write a 50,000-word novel. I think typically these days, seventy-five to 90,000 is pretty standard. Mine tend to go up to 100, 120. Um, I don't know. Summerhill Summer just keeps Hill. growing. Summerhill, I'm, I'm guessing, is going <laughs> to hit around 75. Keep expecting every time I say that for KM to like go, Summerhill! <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just pull a Shatner and just scream to the, the ceiling of my asteroid prison. You should have made it like a one-word name because that would work better. It is one word. It's one just syllable. multiple syllables. Right. It's a multisyllabic name. You can't even shorten it to one syllable. Some... Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. That that loses all oomph and impact, and this is why it's important to choose your character names carefully, people. Exactly. You might not want to name your main character in your first novel something that everybody finds it impossible to pronounce correctly. <clears throat> Just. <laughs> I'm especially amused when French people don't pronounce it right. I know, and you're like, but well, that's because they're trying to no. American. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a long in the past. So, I hope that helps. I don't know. Did we finish? I think we finished. I think that pretty much covers on it. Just basically, like, yeah, if you have your idea, don't dwell on it. It's always better to act than to dwell, because otherwise you'll be one of those people that it's like, oh, I've had this novel in mind for like four years. It's like, well, how much have you written? And I wrote like, a chapter, and I keep rewriting it. Yeah. Oh, so it's like Summerhill. 
<laughs> no, you wrote the whole thing and you keep rewriting it. Yeah, and, the, and especially the first chapter. Right. Um, anybody else want to come up and say a couple words before we move on? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Hi, I'm Jacoby. I'm, or not Jacoby. <laughs> oh! <laughs> scandal. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, so I think the, for me, the most pre writing I do is making sure that the characters are who I think they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Usually what happens is, like, I have a plot, I have these characters, and when I start writing, the characters are like, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this other thing. So. Making sure you really have a good feel for the characters that are going to be involved in the story, I think, especially with a novel-length project, will really help you make sure that the arc is going to go where you you want it to go. So that's all I have to say. Cool. Yeah, I think getting a good handle on the characters is definitely an important thing to do with your pre-writing. Making sure that the characters are who you think they are is especially important if you're writing Deep Space Nine fan fiction. <laughs> Half the audience laughed, which means they got it. Yeah, uh, no, 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 you're, you're batting good 500 with that one. There we go. <laughs> um, hey, by, by baseball standards, that's not bad. That's awesome. Yeah. Better than Ted Williams, right? Oh, don't even. <laughs> Baseball's stupid this year. <sighs> not yet. Uh, um, almost. By the end of this podcast, we should probably know, actually. No, I think maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, characters. Yeah, so... <laughs> When I was writing Shadow, there's one character in there, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but it took me three revisions of that book. Actually, it took two revisions of that book. Out of Position 2 has a character in it, a side character, which none of you are going to know. But it took me like three or four revisions to really figure out how to handle that character in the narrative and what he wanted and what he was doing. So getting a handle on the characters is really important. Sorry, we're just getting sports Re- updates from our producer, Wolf. Our, our producer, Wolf, knows yeah. what's important. Yes, so. he knows what we care about and what we're thinking. Why, why don't you read another letter? Okay. So, the National Novel Writing Month is just around the corner, and the Furrag community is inviting furry writers once again to share their nano experience. This year's nano carries a new twist. Participants can now sign up donors to sponsor their writing. All donations will go to the Young Writers Programs and International Library and Literacy Programs of the Office of Letters and Light. If you prefer joining a fundraising group rather than sticking it out on your own, Furrag is heading the Furries for Literacy team. Feel free to join if you'd like to add uh, to the group total. Details and drinks are at the Furrag Forums, which is at forum.furrag.com. Best luck, and we look forward to seeing you there. This is from Writer, which is R-E-I-T-E-R, like Germanic writer on Furrag. Yeah, he's a he's a friend of mine on email. Oh, okay. And he, he got involved in this project. Um, Sounds like a good cause. I would like to... I'm not poking at Writer specifically, but NaNoWriMo is already an abbreviation, if you abbreviate that to nano, it's kind of like national novel. It's a super abbreviation, yeah. which they're super fond of in Japan. <laughs> soup abbreviation or super abbreviation? Suprev. Suprev. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. Another resource for, na- for NaNoWriMo. We wanted to get those out because hopefully this will be out at or around the beginning of November so people can listen to it and get their uh get their projects on uh we've talked we talked about this last year which is a little bit surreal that we're already we've been doing this over a year and we're starting to say yeah last year around this time we said <laughs> this i'm amazed we hit double digits with our episodes what are you talking about and we didn't get bored and people didn't get bored of us like 40 people came down to watch us talk to each other 
which is pretty amazing. I know. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. But um, NaNoWriMo is great. People ask us all the time, are we participating in it? And the answer is no. No. But it is a great exercise if you're one of those people who's always, who is like TJ Falf, who said, I've, always, I've had this novel in mind and I need a push to get to writing it. I need some kind of structure around my writing activity to make sure that I write a certain amount every day to make sure that I have a goal, I have a deadline, I have other people to check in with, I have a team and a project, and this gives me some way to do that. Basically, you're taking writing, you're making it like work. Like, people have expectations for what you're going to be producing, and they're going to be watching you and making sure you're doing it. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, instead of NaNoWriMo, KM has a uh, dog-like alien called Summerhill in the back of his head pushing him to make him write his novel. He hates me so much. (laughs) I don't know why. I try to be so nice to him. And I have a football-playing tiger and a fox pushing me to write their story. I think you win. Well, only because I have two characters and they can get up to stuff. Also, I've read your book and I know yours is good. (laughs) Well, hopefully I have a little bit of time to make it better. What's also important is having that team. And I think that's something that I would say if you're doing NaNoWriMo and you're doing it with other people, keep in touch with that team of people. Keep checking in because you don't have to stop writing on November 30th. Ideally, you shouldn't, actually. Exactly. And there is a National Novel Editing Month, which a lot of people don't know about, which is March. Yeah, it's in March. So it gives you a few months to set your novel onto the shelf and not look at it, which is a valuable thing to do. And then in March, you pull it out, you go back through and edit it. The problem is, it's not as easy to keep track of, well, I Progress, edited 5,000 yeah. words today, and what does that mean? So, Also, if you think writing is hard, editing is way harder and way less fun. <laughs> depending on who you de- ask. Depending. I mean, there's I, less joy of creation and more the excitement of turning de- there's, a there's piece of, of discovery. rock into a sculpture. Yeah. yeah, it's less joy of discovery. It's more like polishing. You discover stuff like, oh my god, I wrote that. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, what was I thinking? No. And then, oh, I really love that part, and I don't want to take it out, but it just doesn't work. And mm. you can be a bad editor and leave it in anyway. Yeah, exactly. Does uh, anybody have NaNoWriMo comments or experiences that they want to share with us yeah, while we have people be here? a pretty big topic among... I mean, it's, I think community. it's cool because every year we, we seem to hear more and more about it. More and more people get organized. By the way, I think the Furries for Literacy is an awesome project. Judging from the number of posts I see up on forums online, I would love to see Literacy for Furries project. <laughs> yeah. But I think that may be a little more ambitious. Furries for Literature, as in furries, please read your own literature. <laughs> please read our stuff. Nobody else is going to. Yeah. No, let's not, get, let's not we, get me started on my traditional live show rant about the furry community and we write good stuff but i mean mike it's a good rant it's not like the furry community is bad it's about how awesome the community is and how creative we are and all that and i had a go if, go back and listen to the rainforest or rocky mountain or furcon or i had a friend of a friend of who just told me that he uh just read out of position and he immediately felt terrible he's like this whole time i'd been dismissing furry writing as murray purdy adventures in unicorn land <laughs> There are no unicorns. No. Although, what, isn't one of the teams the unicorns? Uh, that's true. There are... Well, so there's unicorns in the same way that there's, like, giants in yeah. our world. <laughs> Sorry. 
would disappoint people. Uh, anybody, anybody comments on NaNoWriMo or any experiences? Yeah, sure. sure. Go on. Uh, so I did NaNoWriMo a couple of years ago. To introduce yourself. Oh, I'm uh, I'm Bucker Fuscioti. Um, I originally did. Oh, I tried to use NaNoWriMo to produce something academic and nonfiction. And one of the pieces of advice I'd just like to give out is make sure that it is something that actually encompasses 50,000 words and not something <laughs> after, you know, 20,000, 30,000 words, you just run out of material to write about because that's what happened to me. And so then I ended up with a nice piece of academic writing, but it wasn't, you know, what I, good what, advice. What yeah, I that, set that, out to do. That's really good advice for any bit of writing. Don't ramble longer than you should because you feel like you have to. Yeah. For the love of God, please don't. Nobody needs that. Agreed. We will. Uh, we're we're all out of letters, so let's see. Shows over. Go home. <laughs> Did you want to say something? Oh, we have DJ back to say something. Uh, yeah, I just I actually had a, a question. I, you were asking about like comments and things. I actually had a question about NaNoWriMo. Um, of course, and, sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be participating in it, and actually, kind of. Congratulations. Um, well, I'm going to go for half of half of. The, I'm going to go for 25k instead of 50 because I've only ever read uh, uh, wrote short stories. So I'm kind of trying to make the the, the transition. Fingers crossed. But uh, and I'm, I'm actually going to be behind the game a little bit because I'm com- I'm going to be driving back from Oaklacon um, when Nanorimo starts. So I'm going to oh, cool. start like the third instead of the. <laughs> Say hi to the Notcast guys for us there. Oh, uh, I will definitely do that. But my. Uh, my writing question is: I'm having trouble uh, with support characters. I'm very happy with where my like main characters can uh, develop and uh, progress, but my uh, main my my supporting characters only seem to be really, really one-dimensional and very flat. And so, do you have any tips for Im- um, improving that? Support characters, since you're not spending so much time on them, you have the luxury of making their personality and their character traits a little bit more exaggerated, mm-hmm. and you can sort of rely on stereotypes a bit more because they're not going to be around long enough or for long enough periods of time at a stretch to really like grate on the reader if they have like a particularly like you know like vociferous attitude or like a really sort of just kind of like just. I guess yeah. Like, I, I like the term like exaggerated. Like when you have like somebody who's like a, just a little bit over the top. That okay. like, it's not like unbelievable. But if you had to read a whole book about them, it would probably get annoying. I see. Okay. I, I think you can go. You can go even a little more over the top. I would suggest trying to kind of relate them to people you know, and say, okay. what's so you know this side character is like this person. And okay, kind of vaguely reminds me of my friend Andrew. Like, okay, well, what other things does Andrew do? Well, you know, he loves movies. He loves to go to the movies. And then just kind of, you know, toss in little details like that to round out the characters. Okay. Also keeping in mind that the supporting character's role is to either assist or hinder the development of the main character. Yeah. So they should be, to some extent, a little bit one-dimensional in that they're, each character should just push the main character in one direction. Okay. And... Yeah, I mean, and don't worry about giving support characters an arc because they don't need them, and actually, in most cases probably shouldn't have one. Too much for the reader to keep yeah. track. That's of. good to know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. That was actually a good question. I yeah, like I like it. The rest of you—that's the kind of thing we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> We've held you to a standard now. Oh, sure. Hi, my name's Spike. Uh, Hi, Spike. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, lost track of my question. So for when you're when you're basically speed writing like this and you're not gonna have a lot of time for editing, how much side story subplot kind of stuff should you try to 
I would, don't want to use the word padding, but keep the story going for because sometimes you just can't sit with a character too long and you kind of need to drop back for a bit and maybe I want to say from another point of view and I'm completely losing my train of thought, sorry but side characters are important to a story not just from supporting but also they have some involvement in the world, they are a important senator or something they have some purpose to the world other than what the main character sees of them, how much time should you be spending on that when you don't have a lot of time for editing and to make sure that that character doesn't become too important or just seems thrown in at the last second well first of all you're going to have time for editing later yeah. you should not be worrying about editing when you're doing NaNoWriMo I mean for November 1st yeah. and November 30th you do not worry about editing just get the ideas down on paper yeah. and I will say electronic not paper. worrying about editing isn't an easy thing to do either oh, I no. know like, oh, God, I have that problem too where I, I want to edit while I'm writing and I have to force myself not to yeah I, I, I cannot write without editing but I can minimize the editing yeah. but don't worry about big things like that. If you have an idea and you think it's kind of cool, write it down. You just have to make sure when you go back in the editing process that you're willing to take that idea out if it doesn't serve the story. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're in the groove and you feel compelled to write a certain thing, then you know, by all means, go ahead and put it down. You, you know, It's always easier to take things out that don't work than to find yourself lacking something that you didn't write in the first place. Right. Thank you. Anybody else from the audience want to come up? Okay, well, we're going to drag somebody up now. We have, a, dun, 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 we, we have a couple famous podcasters in the audience, and we want to bring them up and chat with them. We've had both of them on our show before. This gentleman you all know, the Cager Bunny from, uh, <laughs> from Wine Country, the real Wine Country. <laughs> I'm drinking Napa wine right in his face, by the way. I was about to ask him in the bottle. No. <laughs> 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 It's all so, the way on the other end of the table. That's good. That's good. I'm trusting you on this one, K-Tech. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, welcome back, B-Hop. <laughs> it's good to be back. Thank you very much for having me back. It's very nice glad to, to see you here. It's very nice to be able to see you guys and not have to jump over a giant white dog. I know, really. <laughs> <laughs> what was that Kiba? Is that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Yeah, RMFC. Our first, yeah. our first non-human first audience member. non-human audience listener. It was, oh. uh, it was an exciting episode. I know that, uh, you know, it was funny to... I was eager to ask that question, and, and I'll tell you, I was a little unnerved by having that giant animal there, having to jump over it. I don't know. It's, 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 it was real well it's behaved. It's weird coming from a furry, isn't it? Yeah. But he was real well behaved. It was very well we like, behaved. We like our animal people kind of a little bit fictional and <laughs> more, more easily controlled. You talk to them. Yeah. Right. Play basketball with them. Exactly. Yeah. So and speaking best of, of all, that, we can't talk. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that... Yeah, how, how <laughs> there's exciting news in the FBI. Uh, it has been unbelievable. I, I have to admit that um, I I, uh, I made the mistake of thinking uh, when we had the finals uh, back in, uh, gosh, I guess it was July. Uh, you know, finally the finals were over. The last game was played, and I thought, oh great, finally the off season. Now I can take a break. I have been working harder in this off season than I was during the regular season. It has been amazing. So why don't you, for for those people who might not be familiar, why don't you give like a quick minute and a half, two minute overview of the FBA and what you do with it. <laughs> well, I think the, the the story goes, at least the way I've been telling it, is that uh, so a couple years ago I decided to uh, really jump into the furry fandom. Um, I've been kind of on the uh, periphery of it for several years and then figured, you know, time to really get into it. Uh, I needed a new character and I'm a big fan of basketball. And so I thought it would be fun to have a pro basketball playing character. So I made, made one. And pretty shortly after making it, somebody asked me, so what's his team? So I had to come up with a team for him. And so, okay. so, so and then somebody asked him, well, who does he play with? 
Okay, so I had to come up with teammates for him. Well, who's he play against? Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, I'll make up a team that he plays against. There you go. So then finally, I found out that there are actually other furries that are into sports as well. And when I started getting asked, so what's his division? Oh, what? <laughs> what's his conference? What's his league? 24 teams later... I've got a whole league built up. I, was, uh, I, I, I finally was like, okay, if I'm going to build this thing, I'm going to need help. So I went on to F.A. and put up a posting and said, look, if there's any other basketball-loving furries like me out there, if you've got an idea for a team, uh, just, just shoot me an email. 200 emails later, I uh, had to sift through it all, and I built a league. And uh, so everyone was so excited about making their teams and building it all up that uh, we, all made, we ended up making players for them all. So now there's over... 400 active players in the uh, FBA, and they all got rosters, and, uh, and we started a season, and we took it all the way to the conclusion. We played 80 games, 80 games per team, and uh, had a finals, and the bikers won, yeah. and uh, Dakota bikers. Despite, we, the, despite <laughs> the lousy officiating, right? <laughs> despite the lousy officiating, absolutely. Oh, shit, now the thrust might as well be the goddamn rabble. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be coming out. That's going to be coming out. For those who don't know, I do a uh, I do a podcast that covers the events, and uh, it's 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 one of the most fun things about the podcast that I do is I'm always getting contributions from anyone, anyone at all in the fandom. I'm I'm I I have open recording sessions held uh, online, and I just invite people. Just show up, look at the script. There's a there's a character you want to play. Call me up on Skype, play him. I'll record it. I'll put it in, and I've. And we were and we were just guys. casually chatting about the FBA finals before one of our podcasts, and uh, <laughs> Kit took the outtake and sent it off to B Hop. So it should be showing up in the next up. episode. It'll Absolutely. show up soon. <laughs> a There's a lot episode. of stuff that we talk about that gets cut, and things that don't get cut. Apparently, <laughs> yes, apparently not. Which has surprised me in the past, but let's not dwell on that now. And, yeah, and entire episodes that sometimes get lost. <laughs> Now, since you brought this up, though, I have to ask, um, we just had uh, the, uh, the 2010 draft, so we brought in fresh new players into the league, and, uh, and I had asked all three of you to contribute characters, and I know that in one of your episodes, you had asked your uh, audience, did, uh, did anyone, if anyone could guess which of your characters were yours uh, of the top 24 that got selected. Did anybody, did anybody guess? I didn't see any guesses. I, I don't believe anybody's written in to guess, no. Okay. All right. Well, sorry. Uh, I don't know if anyone here closely followed the FBA draft other than us. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Jay Ott's there. Yeah, there Jay Ott. <laughs> and uh, D- DJ, yeah. does uh, do you have a Mahler name? I yes, I do. I, uh, uh, easy K. Uh, wow, I forgot it. <laughs> oh. No, no, no. It's easy, easy K. I might have it here. <laughs> uh, you know, in the grand compendium of baller names. Well, see, apparently. here's the thing. You had an episode where you outed how I, you know, give baller names to people who watch me on FA. I believe you outed. I believe how you, you outed that, names. and we just read it. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> so, uh, so after that, uh, after that podcast went out, I got about like 20 watches. Uh huh. <laughs> and and I had to assign all kinds of baller names. It was crazy. Is that uh, some of them came out pretty good though. I'm sure. Uh, I, I don't know. You, you, um, Lapso is a. Yeah, yeah. But he was a under, uh, lowercase. Became his uh, oh, baller nice. name. Lowercase. Oh. He's a rider. He's small. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, he's Fennec. <laughs> yes. He seemed to like that quite a bit. He seemed to like that. I think but. it was Easy K. Easy K? Easy K. Easy K. All right. I. Uh, Infinity reality blows. 
Reality Bros. Easy C. Easy C. Easy C. Yeah, no, there was, and there was a reason for that. It was, uh, why was that now? I mean, all these, all of them have a reason, you know. They all, oh, of course. Yes, that's why. Because you're a corgi. Wow. There it is. I, is, that, is that only the second corgi who's been in our audience? Probably. Oh, there are more of them lately than not as lately. What's, <laughs> what's the opposite of lately? I don't think there is one. Uh, Past longer time ago. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not at the source. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I am a writer? God. <laughs> Ask me synonyms for like male foxes or something, not <laughs> part, parts of tents and, and then birds the swishy tailed vulpy butt came yes. out and yeah. See, you're even better at that. No, I'm not. <laughs> that was you, terrible when you know it. <laughs> you have no idea how many synonyms I need writing sports stuff. Oh, no, no, I know. Yes. Panamanian uh, jungle been, raccoon. <laughs> I'm going to use that. We, we've been listening to some of the sports announcers for the baseball playoffs, and uh, some of them could use a few synonyms. Well, it's, you know, it's been one of the most fun things about doing free sports writing is trying to come up with ways to talk about things that are uh, in, in, in an animal way, in a furry way. You know, um, my, my absolute favorite, um, and uh, my, uh, my, my, my co-commissioner, Jay Tigerclaw, came up with this, is uh, for cats and the, uh, the basketball. So, you know, we call it the rock. For, for a cat, it would be the yarn. <laughs> That's, I just thought that was so that. clever. That's perfect. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, from shooting from downtown, shooting from the woods. Yeah, there we go. Nice, <laughs> nice. That actually sounds like a real basketball term, actually. Yeah. Maybe if I use it enough and the podcast goes on long enough, maybe one day ESPN will pick up on it, you know? They are always desperate for more terms to use. <laughs> no doubt. Now that, now that Boom Goes the Dynamite's been played out. <laughs> too many cool, si- cool side of the pillow. It just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just get in the basket. The cool side of the pillow. But uh, you, I'm, I'm sorry nobody guessed your players, but, uh, but I certainly tracked them. And I wanted to give you guys a gift here. Oh, oh for boy. Thank you very much for uh, contributing. Um, the instructions are... Not, not to. Not a not to. Well, just open and unsheath. Oh, oh, we can do that. Oh, wow. Apparently, we're the experts. That's in our name. I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Whoa, that was ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kyle comes scary prepared to this thing. It says, right. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might save this if that's all right. You oh, may. It's yours. You he may. has a whole. Caboodle of them. We do. I guess I'll and actually open one end of this. Every every I'll hold the base, you go for the tip. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that makes my, what I was gonna say seem just positively clean. I was gonna say every prepared fox has a good wolf behind him. <laughs> that doesn't negate what I and said. Vice, and vice versa. But <clears throat> that's it. That's that it. Yeah, that's it. All rolled in there together. We have. Oh wow! Ooh. That's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh wow! This is really neat. I'm, I'm super. I'm super jazzed with. The, all right, number five. We're, we're, un- right. we're unfolding gift arts and not showing them to the audience yet. Kid yeah. is taking care of that. Here we go. I have to look at it first. Oh, Kyle got his eye prints all over Sorry. it already. But. <laughs> I love that facial expression. That's adorable. <laughs> so um, here are here's our three characters. Yeah. I am in their team jerseys. I know with our with their with numbers. numbers, even, numbers. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were told we had to pick our numbers this week so that we could uh, 
I, I assume J Tiger Claw did a marvelous job of whipping these up, and uh, I, was, I just got them printed uh, this morning while I'm on my way down here. <laughs> I love yeah, the expression. Really cool. I love the expression yeah. on Kits. Yeah. He's amazing. Actually, I have a quick comment. This is Jayot. Um, the the <laughs> guessing was made a lot easier um, because although it was awesome that Jay Tigerclaw did all the art, he put who the copy who the character was copyright to. Whoops. On his post for every uh, like okay. so on the the Fur Affinity post, it was very oh it's this person's character. So that was made. A, I I think that's why people probably didn't guess. It was never a mystery. Got it. <laughs> But anyway, look at you getting onto the thrust these are, there. These are awesome. I am. I, I'm, uh, I'm actually playing with B-Hop, that, I believe. That was very exciting. You know, the thing yeah. is that uh, the thrust, having had the uh, the number one record for the last season, of course, had the last pick of the first round. And uh, when we got down to that point, you know, uh, just one spot before it was my team's pick, we only had two players left, uh, Gilbert Exon and, uh, and Blythe Noct. And uh, the thing is that Gilbert Exon is a character that I made. So I huh. fully expected everyone that uh, the Pittsburgh Keystones was the team picking before me was going to take Blythe, and then I'd end up with Gilbert. But uh, they surprised me, picked up Gilbert. So, but it's good. It's actually really, really good. It's a. Uh, it we, sounds like a good fit. We just traded away uh, Jakub Lischka, who was our previous uh, three-point shooter, and he just went to the clefts. And so the thing is that at the moment we didn't have one. So it's good that uh, that yeah Blythe is going to be on the team. That's going to be important. And, and and he dropped that far because basically mostly what he does is shoot. Yeah. From yeah, deep, and he needs to learn some defense, and I think being on a team with B Hop will give him that opportunity. Hopefully, well, there's there's a very strong defensive core on the thrust, so I think that'll be able to make up for anything he's lacking. And I'm sure he'll be very happy being a deep threat on the thrust. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that I can talk about it like that? Uh, <laughs> there's that much detail in this whole league that I've created that I can mention who got uh, traded, what they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So. Just for folks here, like when when B Hop was just talking about how like we have like the actual jersey numbers here, I actually like I sent B Hop an email explaining about like okay like you know arriving at like what jersey number I was going to pick, and it was this big convoluted explanation. And he responds back and just like he ha- he hits every note of like okay I see exactly where like your brain was going on each one of these, and I'm just like that's why you're the man. That the fact that you like. Every step of the way, you were with me. You understand my brand of crazy. Uh, Boston brains aren't that complicated. No, we're really not. We're very straightforward. (laughs) Except when you're driving. (laughs) Rondo, no, Bird. Wait, Richards, no, that's bad luck. Wait. (laughs) Wait, I'm in the left turn lane at this light, but I want to go straight. Oh, no problem. Oh, somebody's been to Boston. Wait, I need to go in this direction, but I'm traveling the other way. I'll just stop and make a U-turn in the middle of the street. Yep. Or uh, the other... The, the, the all bo- things that have happened oh, to yeah. us in Boston, so... If, you ever, if you're ever in Boston you get to a four-way stop, just keep going, because everyone else is going to have to stop, which means you can just go. <laughs> hey, it's just like, it's just like Stanford. <laughs> oh, yes, it is just like Stanford. Stanford for, for those of you who've never driven up in... Palo Alto, like on the Stanford campus. The Stanford campus is like this little pocket of bad driving in the middle of the, the Bay Area, which is, you know, moderately decent driving compared to L.A. and Boston and whatnot. But oh, LA. Stanford people... <laughs> don't make me like, relive it, Kyle. I like L.A., actually. I like L.A. I don't like driving in L.A. I'm going to pull out on Ventura Boulevard. Oh, fuck, I'm going to die. <laughs> My my favorite, uh, this actually is not relevant at all, but my favorite L.A. driving story was the fact that occasionally you'll have 
exits off the freeways that do not have correspondent exits going back the other way. So if you're like, oh, I'm going north on the 5 and I want to go south, and you get off at an exit, you could be driving around in bad areas of town for like 20 minutes looking to get back on that freeway south. Oh, yeah, those bad areas of Bakersfield. <laughs> yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In, uh, in, and in honor of Frank, I just have to mention that um, all the highway signs in L.A., are it's like a big geography quiz. <laughs> because they don't say it's the 405 south. They say it's the 405 to San, to San Diego. Or it's the 10 to Santa Monica. So if you don't know where Santa Monica is, you don't know where the hell you're going. Anyway. If you don't know where Santa Monica is, why are you in SoCal? <laughs> Dang. Point, point. Right. So bringing this back to relevance. So yes. you were saying earlier, when you were talking about all this trading oh, since when have business we been about and whatnot, relevance? I'm curious, how much of the FBA like can you keep track of in your head at any given moment? Or like, do you have to like consult notes? Or do you just know it all? It's, uh, I certainly don't know it all. Uh, there's okay. that, I, I, Probably, it's amazing how much I've been able to hold. I got to admit. I was gonna say, like, just hearing you talk without <laughs> consulting, like a notepad, and it's like, oh my god, like he actually has this fake basketball stuff in his head. When we, well, just, I, I, I do have to point out that if somebody asked you to tell us the relevant details of Summerhill right now, or if someone asked me to, you know, go through the plot points of the Out of Position sequel, we could probably do a scary amount of detail. So, or if you this ask is me like about a, Star Wars. <laughs> I was I was going for something a little more creative. Then Booster Tarek is the captain of the Errant Ventures, an Imperial Star Destroyer that's been painted red. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Kyle, who who was the backup free safety on Dev's team? Uh, I did not ever create a backup free safety oh, on Dev's okay. team. Sorry, <laughs> I have a backup linebacker, but all right, all right. He's named Zillow. He's a coyote. Oh yeah. We see, we see we see more team members in the next book. There are more team members, yeah, and there may be a few too many team members, but for people to keep track of. But oh, anyway. no, I, I think if you're good at sports, you can keep track of them. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's it's not so much being good at sports; it's more at like how many how many characters can the reader hold in their head over the course of a novel. Like okay, that's true. I mean, I know I know we both have favorite sports teams, but how many of the players on those teams could we name? Oh, not all. I mean, for you, it's easy because your favorite teams are basketball teams. You only have to remember twelve names. That's one of the advantages of the sport, I admit. Yeah, Yeah, when it comes to football, it's like, wait, who? (laughs) Yeah, like who just made that play? I've never heard of them. Did we just get them? Um, but anyway, sorry. Right. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I had the wonderful experience with uh, during the draft. I uh, the it was the second time we had done a uh, a live draft. And uh, I remember the first year, it was really goofy because, I mean, we had just started off. All the characters were brand new. I, was, I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I've tricked everyone for a year. So <laughs> it's, uh, We know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but I, while we were announcing each pick, you know, I would get on the microphone and uh, talk about, you know, oh, this pick went to that team or whatever. And a year ago, I was just making up crap. I, all I could do is just kind of blab over the same things again. Oh, yeah, that team, they need more offense and defense. And <laughs> if they can get that ball in the basket, then they'll win the game. Play more. You know, <laughs> we, want, we want a player who can score more points than the other players on the other teams. A lot of that. Play game. harder, not better. <laughs> that, that, that was my commentary. But, uh, but this last year, what was nuts is that we had, uh, whenever somebody got, a, got picked and went to a team, suddenly I was – 
wait a minute. Oh, that, that team. Well, well, I mean, that team, they got it to the second round after that uh, game. That series went seven games uh, against the, uh, the Howlers. And, uh, I mean, that was a really critical game because after that it was much easier. Wait a minute. Why am I talking like this? I know too much about my FBA. <laughs> That's kind of the experience I was going through. But you've also built up some history. We have, we have. I uh, well, I mean, so how did, how did you go about that? Well, part of that is it's help from lots of people. I mean, that's that's been the uh, the theme of the project from the start is just asking anyone if anyone's interested, if anyone wants to participate, send me a message, come up with an idea, make your own ideas, and we'll we'll find a way to put them through. And and that's been magnificent. I've had so many people come forward and think up. Well, what if there was like a this classic player who was like really good back in the '90s, and then then he had like a serious injury, but then he came back and became their head coach or whatever kind of stuff. Like that that be awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. And and that's how so much of the stories get built. And the thing is that because there's so much detail, every time something small happens now it suddenly explodes into something bigger when I look into it. I just had um, a, uh, a trade that recently put two players together, didn't even think anything of it at the time. And somebody else pointed out to me, well, you know, you had that podcast where you mentioned this, and then somebody else wrote this idea about that team. These two guys actually were the ones that stopped that team from, getting, from going 14-0 and back in uh, 04, and uh, now they're playing for that same team that they stopped getting going 14 no Back in 04, before you were actually even really doing this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. But I mean, it was like, wait a minute, that's a story there now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now those guys are together on that team. That, that's got to be written. And it's just amazing how the story just evolves out of all that detail. I, I, yeah. I, I, I do need to ask you one very important question. Has anybody in the FBA made the decision? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, at Rocky Mountain Furcon, uh, this was actually hilarious. We had we had one big player who was going uh, uh, free agent, and uh, and the thing is that everybody wanted him. He got like six contract offers from, uh, from different teams, and uh, they uh, weren't sure where he was going to go. And just for fun, just for fun, I thought, okay, what if I uh, I'll try to make a the decision? And uh, I went around Rocky Mountain Furcon. I found a guy in a it was a wolf fursuit. Um, I asked him if he could play a coyote for me, and he was willing to. And uh, so I put him in front of a camera and had him, you know, say, "Oh, you know, this is really tough, but uh, I've decided to take my talents to, uh, to down to uh, the Florida Panhandle, and uh, I'm going to join the Tallahassee Typhoons." <laughs> that was the decision I came <laughs> up with this morning. <laughs> <laughs> put, I put That's that, amazing. Post, posted that on YouTube and. And, and, and as soon as it went up, I had a whole bunch of messages. Oh, no, he didn't go to my team. What the heck? <laughs> I offered him more money. That's awesome. <laughs> so so when, when does our 2010-2011 season actually kick off? Halloween. All right, nice. It's coming right awesome. up. And uh, how much of the history – I know I've talked to you before about the, the Bill Simmons book. How much of the actual history of the game in our world do you sort of take inspiration from for FBA storylines? Uh, I, I try to take as, uh, quite a bit. Um, I've definitely taken some of the more recent stories that have happened in the NBA and tried to turn them into FBA stories, like the decision um, when uh, Allen Iverson quit midseason for uh, personal issues. Uh, I had a player quit for personal issues uh, in the FBA. Um, Did I, you have him do a rant at a media conference about practice? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that one yet. That's coming. Definitely coming. Look up, if, if you guys haven't seen it, look up Allen Iverson practice on YouTube. It's awesome. <laughs> 
it's uh, I, that's it's there's I try to take what I can from the NBA and uh, and, and and fold in the FBA. It makes it more fun. I mean, the thing is, a lot of the people that watch uh, the fall of the FBA are in fact NBA fans. They're not all are. I, I definitely have a lot of great contributions from people who don't follow basketball, but great ideas are great ideas no matter where they come from. Yeah. So actually, one something you were saying earlier led into another question I wanted to ask. Uh, people are giving you these story ideas and whatnot, and like there's there's obviously a lot of creative info from the the fans who are creating these players. But you're still kind of like the overlord of the story. And I know you roll out the games, and you know you have things like that. But like, like when it comes to different like surprises on the the different dramatic stories that are going on, like how much of this like do you plan in advance at all? Not 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 to make you like show like the smoke and mirrors here, but you know just, <laughs> we don't want to know how the sausage is made. Right. <laughs> the uh, there are. A f- Definitely, last year there were definitely games that I fixed. I'll admit that here, right now, to everyone. <gasps> yes, it's it's. I am my own Donahue. <laughs> uh, That's Tim Donahue, not Jack Donahue. Yes. For- <laughs> yeah, like, I, I can just hear Atari's heart jump and then sink. Oh, that's not what they meant. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I, uh, there were definitely a couple of storylines that I very specifically wanted. Uh, probably one of our most exciting was uh, the son of the head coach of one of the teams uh, was uh, lined up to get picked second in the draft, and his dad, his dad's team had the chance to draft him, and he didn't pass him up and ended up going to another team, which put a row between the two. That'll make Thanksgiving interesting. Well, what, what, then, then what happened is they, that this is the, uh, the 14-0 game, actually, because the thing is that on the game where that team could have uh, gone 14-0 on the season, he was playing his son's team, and his son beat him in overtime. Nice. And uh, so, I mean, that was something where it's like, you know, that was just too good of a story. I had to do that uh, the way it was, so I didn't do a die roll on that one. I do a couple of those, but to be honest, I would say out of... Huh, 24 teams, 80 games for each team. I uh, I probably only fixed maybe eight of them. So uh, I just, know, by, by American corporate standards, you have a pretty clean record. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm feeling confident about confessing right yeah. now. Well, and that... You're part just of a any... jury of your peers, and we find you not guilty. <laughs> I, think, I think that gets to the heart of something in storytelling, which is don't worry too much about being realistic in situations where you kind of need to fix the game you you can your readers are aware that the story is fictional if you need a little coincidence here and there like you know how can i get these two people running into each other well it's kind of plausible that they'd be going to the same restaurant at the same time okay that's what happens Eh, it's a little bit of a coincidence but people will give it to you don't worry about it about contriving the plot and circumstances to make it seem super, super realistic because, you know, we're writing stories about fake animal people, so come on, really. Uh, yeah, like, like the saying goes, the difference between fiction and reality is that fiction needs to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have to ask to wrap up the segment. Um, when we were here, when we had uh, Flane on last year, we made Super Bowl picks. So we got to ask you, NBA Finals picks this year. NBA which, Finals picks? Which teams are going to be squaring off? Oh, gosh. We'll make you, our picks, too. You caught me time. in my no LeBron t-shirt. I, this is a you don't t- have to say the heat. Uh, the problem is what I believe, though. I just don't know. I, all right, all right. Celtics. 
I was going to say, after that bullshit Game 6 last season, <laughs> there's no way the Celtics don't want this more than ever. Which is, like, always. But I mean, Yeah, yeah, they and, didn't want that Game 6, though. So you think Celtics are going to win it all? And who are they going to beat from the West? God. It'd be almost too poetic if it, like, were, like, the same match. I, I do not want the Lakers in the finals. No, I, I don't do either. I am, I, am a, I am a Kings fan, and I want the Lakers to die in a plane crash. I, <laughs> hey, we can... Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to say... I'm going to say, just because I don't want the Lakers there, oh, gosh, Jazz. Hmm. Jazz Celtics jazz. with the Celtics, Celtics on top. That'd jazz be a Celtics. good matchup. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Jazz. K-Fish? You know... It's still so early, and there's still so much to like, go with. Don't waffle. Well, it's Celtics someone, clearly. I mean, I'm committing to the Celtics. Kings. But... Sorry. <laughs> actually, no. I, actually, that would be a good one to see, too. Just, just, well, I love just, my Kings just so, just, so so you, I, just so you and I can finally hate each me. other. I'm not, <laughs> I would never. Okay. And you know that. I love them to death, but come on. Like, there's like six years of experience on their front line. You know, after last year's Patriots, I know how it feels to have a good team that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh. Twelve and four, fucking. <laughs> God damn it! So what's your baseball sucks, what's your, football? What's sucks. your final answer here? Uh, fuck. Is it too pat to just go with what he said after all that? <laughs> if be- that's what if that's what you believe. <sighs> You know what? I I don't believe it any more or less than I believe anything else right now. So yeah, put me down. Celtics Jazz. No, no Celtics Kings. Celtics Kings. <laughs> I will do it. I will. I will wow. go. I will. I will go on the line. Bless you. I believe. I'll believe for you. Thank now you. Now there's two of us believing. Come on, Reek. I know you can do it. I'm gonna go way out in the left field, and I'm gonna Heat say. Lakers. I'm going to say Bulls Thunder. Bulls Thunder? What, where did that wow, come yeah, from? That was left field. Wow. What? Kevin Durant. Bulls? Really? What? It's not the 90s anymore, a, you know. They had, a, they had a down year last year, but they took the Celtics okay, to seven games. I know games. NBA 2K11 uh, came out, but Jordan's retired. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the only thing I remember last year is just Celtics in L.A. And just, <laughs> Bulls. They they made the playoffs. Derrick Rose in the yeah. finals. Derrick Rose. Okay. I I, I can't Noah, I can't say Noel I'd be Dang. disappointed in that. I mean, I'd love to see them there, but actually, I kind of think my first instinct was to say Magic, but um, hmm. I decided to go out on a limb because I don't think it'll be the people anyone expects. I think the uh, yeah, that's I gotta admit that's that's it. That's that's a wild Timberwolves Raptors. I also. I also just, <laughs> I also just figured anything I said was going to be wrong, so I might as well be spectacularly wrong, awesome. right? Well, that's so quorum for Celtics. So go Celtics. Yeah, I think um, go not Lakers. Yes, go not Lakers. Go not Lakers. Our does this kid have K Tech? K Tech is telling us that we have time for one audience member to come forward and offer an NBA Finals pick. <laughs> Who actually knows the NBA? Or questions for Behop? Anyone? Come on. Oh, here we go. You can't there do worse oh, than no, mine. I think we've got one here. Come on. Okay. Come up. I saw you meekly raising your hand. That's good <laughs> enough for me. Pass the line. From the bunny for the bunny. 
bunny so, to bunny action. Rrr. Wait a second. <laughs> um, this is going to be spectacularly lame, but I just have to do it. It's going to be Miami versus L.A. Oh and, God! What? And because you just I like killed the mood. That would disappoint all of America. I, I know Jeez. it's going to be the world's most hated NBA Finals. And because I actually like Phil Jackson, I'm going to say the Lakers on this. Oh, one. yeah. So that being said, I'm done. <laughs> no, don't, don't leave. I have a question for you. Um, how do you think the Baltimore Spirits are going to do this year in the, in the FBA? That's great. No, that's great. That's uh, you know what you know. I'll, and the crazy thing is, I can give you an answer. Awesome. Uh, we knew you would. The, the great news is that uh, Billy Joe James decided to re-sign with the team, so he's staying there, which is good because they need that inside presence. They lost Leo Tang, who really didn't do much uh, in the previous season, so I mean, I, I don't see that being an effect at all. Right. Um, they did make a big trade. They moved, I think they got Joey Cox now going uh, uh, starting point guard, which is cool because that will bring a lot of speed uh, to their, uh, their backcourt, which I think they were lacking last year. Um, so that, uh, and then they, I'm trying to remember who their draft pick was. They got a first round. No, they didn't have any first round draft picks. They only had uh, two second rounders. They did a bunch. They did a lot of trading the off season. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they will do better. They, they've kept their best players from the previous season. Um, I think that the rest of their division kind of went down a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised if they win their division this year. Okay. That's all I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be weird, like, having to pull for Biloxi now. I guess I kind of have to, don't I? Uh, yeah, yeah, if you want to, you know, you, you got on a great team, or at least Devin Kellen. All I know is that Devin team. got drafted earlier than he was expected to, and I was psyched about that. I, yeah. He, well, by one spot, but hey. He got picked early, but I think he's going to be on a great club. Yeah. Uh, Blamange, over your team, uh, I th- Blamage is he's they're going to be depending on him. I mean the thing is that you know that's 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 funny because the Rapids really took a hit. They're the ones that uh, had uh, John Stote, V6s right, player, yeah. but uh, but he got severely injured late in the season, and uh, and yeah he's not coming back right now. They don't know when he's coming back, so he's still on the roster. I mean he's still scheduled to play with the Rapids when he gets healthy, but at the moment they're not bringing him on. So. Right now, they're leaning on Alan Chesek, who's their star uh, center on that team. With Blamange there, that's going to be like a big... They're, they're going to be pushing that uh, uh, the low post game really, really hard. He's, he's, he's the Matt Castle of the Rapids now. <laughs> that really cross-sport obscure reference there. But people who know what I mean know what I mean. Does that mean he's going to be traded to Kansas City in a couple years and struggle and not be able to save a dying franchise? I don't think anyone could save Kansas City hey, at this point. Three, well, they're what? Three oh, they're and, three and three. They're three and three. They're three and three and three. Yeah. <laughs> Into football. Um, any last words for us? We want to thank you for coming down oh, here. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate being on your uh, podcast, and it's great to listen to. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, we love I love having you on. Like every time that you're on here, it's just it, you. You continue to blow my mind. I think you. You. Know. It's so much fun, and and. <clears throat> It's, we don't just have you on because you're fun, but it actually does relate to writing as well. And we get little things like the whole fixing games bit. I, I find I find myself doing that with my own stories sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, wow, oh, this little this would be great if this little thing could happen. Wait a minute. Yeah. I can make it happen. Yeah, like people ask me, it's like, it's like, why did this have to happen? And I'm like, because it needed to for the story. And that's basically what, when you're fixing games, like for the story to be as good as it can be, you need certain things to happen. And I think it's cool. I 
I think it's cool that you have the integrity to fix your own games. Yes. As weird as that sounds, I, I, I really do admire that. One of the when I was writing out a position, one of the things was I'd set their schedule ahead of time and I was like, Okay, they're going to this town this week, this town this week, this town this week, and so on. And as I was writing the story, I was like, Oh damn, they're going to this place this week and then this place the next week. Man, the story'd work so much better if they were going it the other way around. And it really took me like a couple of days to realize that I made the schedule, and <laughs> it's not I don't, a real. I don't. Thing. I don't have to go call Roger Goodall and say, can we, "Can we move some games around?" I can just make it happen. And I didn't even create the rest of the schedule, so I didn't have to juggle the rest of the team. So Every time just, I do it, I still have that hesitation. Uh, oh, wait. What sick fuck scheduled the Rams to play the Saints away on December 12th? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming down. Thank you very much. And for thank being you. on. Great being on. Yeah. I'm debating whether or not I should call out your t-shirt on the podcast or not, because it's hilarious. So for the people who aren't here... <laughs> B-Hop's wearing this shirt that says, no Vore, no Mpreg, no LeBron, which is just... I, I have this idea. Yeah. Uh, one of these days, I have to write out like a uh, like an RP session on uh, Taps or something <laughs> with somebody like that. You know, it's a... Uh, can, can you play someone from Ohio? <laughs> sure, I, I, I could... Uh, Cleveland, is that fine? Yeah. Akron's better. <laughs> it's like, well, I won't do... I won't do Vore, I won't do Mpreg, and I won't do anything where I have to support LeBron James. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I learned last week, by the way, that casual vor is apparently for pussies. So, I mean, there you go. That's, ah. that's your that's your bit of drunken knowledge. Yeah. So yeah. is casual LeBron, I hear. Casual LeBron. <laughs> wow. <laughs> on that note. The things you learn on our podcast. <laughs> Everybody, one more time for B-Hop. Thank you so much. Does casual on? vor mean you can wear blue jeans? <laughs> I, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I just thought the shirt was cool. <laughs> and I think that the audience at of home deserved to did. experience it. Uh, well, what? One year ago today? One year ago today, we had a famous podcaster on our podcast, apparently, as I'm being told by our producer, Wolf, who keeps track of things like that, because, you know me, you know, Coke Zero, memory. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Coke Zero and Northern California Wines. Yes. Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, we're fortunate enough to have him back in the house today. We would like to bring up our good friend, Flane Falcon. Oh. Is, he, is he Flane formerly Falcon? Like, what is howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy. Are, are you still Falcon? Or? Uh, well, uh, I really need to get rid of that. I, I still use it as an AIM name, but it's completely Phoenix at this point. So, you know, howdy, folks. Flame Phoenix. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I just, uh, I don't know what to do with that moniker. Ooh, look, wine. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, how does it feel to finally be living here in the furry mecca that is Northern California? Wow, this is, it's, I have to say, it's been a whirlwind journey. Um, I have to say, a month and a half ago, I was like, oh, I got nothing. No job, no place in a month and a half. I'm like, dude, I've been living here for a month. This is crazy. What's going on? So yeah, this is this is it's it's been a whirlwind journey, as I we say. We do aim to have it going on here. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you know, twenty four seven. Yo, I do, I do have to say that 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 uh that furry basketball thing sounds awesome, doesn't it? Doesn't like, it? 
I, wa- I want to take him and clone him, but make a different version that's for hockey. <laughs> <laughs> if, I can, if I could do that. I want it so much. That way I can make a Kovalchuk person and hate him too. <laughs> um. But yeah, welcome dude, to the sportscast. <laughs> I would almost do it if I didn't like want to just play it. Um, but yeah, that dude, that's awesome. I'm that's totally awesome. Yeah, if you go back, I don't know the episode number off the top of my head, but the first episode where we have him on, I think it's actually it's my personal favorite episode we've done. Hmm. Is the one that B Hop first shows up on. I just think it's just we roll it's out super a game cool. Yeah, we roll air. out a game it's, and everything. Is and mine your second favorite at least? Oh, oh. We, we're, we're going to revisit some of our oh, favorite oh. moments from that, so don't thank worry. You, That's on the docket. <laughs> I'm number one. <laughs> hey, we, I think know, this will be our new favorite there episode. You go. Yeah, like, How about that? We, 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 we liked you enough this. that we put your lost episode on our DVD. So uh, yeah. There you go. That was I. I remember that one. Sitting around, and we didn't even have our regular studio up. We were just sitting around in our living room with microphones. It was just being nuts. Yeah, we had a and about and furry and fandom. And, and, oh, yeah. We were doing a. There was like one that was an anthropod, and the other that was a. Unsheathed. That was. Yeah, you know, I think I accidentally show. propositioned you. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is definitely my favorite episode now. <laughs> there you go. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> this is all for the show. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> those of you who have to hear this on audio and can't be here in person just missed out on something awesome. I know. Next, I love next you, th- Saber. Don't kill me at home. <laughs> uh, um, so, so what's next? Uh, Whirlwind Journey. Um, I've been tra- I've been thinking up a few new things. One thing. Uh, once I can finally like clear my head and get a good idea fandom wise um i'll probably end up starting a new show but i think it might be a little bit more live based a little bit more at conventions and uh, things of that sort i'm kind of thinking of doing it like uh your late night talk shows like you know have have come up uh have people come up sit down have discussions with them have some funny videos go on every once in a while do a little bit of monologue things like that i think that would end up being really fun uh i just have to work the time to get some videos set and things of that nature um I've I have uh, of course I think at last time I was here I said I had one writing project of which over the year I've gotten written a total of um, three fourths of a page and <laughs> oh, that goes yeah. too Nanorama's coming up uh, I, I'll have to see I've got a I, a new job which I am <laughs> attempting to put as much heart and soul into uh, <laughs> about three people in this room understood that one um, as for another one I actually had this really fun story idea which you're gonna have to go along with me on this because um it's kind, of, it's kind of nutty if you could expect that from me no um, <laughs> i, I want to make a how-to book on burning books now now follow me on that's this. so gloriously meta already wow. all right. the explanation all right man. all right get this so you had that entire like crazy quran book burning in florida thing that happened right and my thought process was this isn't people trying to make a stand they simply just want to burn some books 
So what I want to do is create a book that is, hi, this book is purposefully made for you to set fire to it. So if you ever have a time when you actually feel like burning a book but can't, you can burn mine. Go out and buy this book, buy the dozens, buy the hundreds, the thousands, and please burn it at will. I'll put a whole bunch of junk in it that you don't care about so it'll be big and thick. <laughs> the scary wow. thing is, is I can see this being a bestseller and I'm not kidding I'm not kidding I can actually see this it's like the pet rock of book burning it, it, I mean it would be I was a self-help. thinking it was going to be the, the, the final exit of 2011 you know it would, oh. and I would ramp people up because and it's half serious and half funny because the moment that you make a you put something to page the moment you actually like write something down there's now value to that and the more of that you have the more value it has um, so you have Look the burning for fun and profit. <laughs> so I just thought of how interesting it would be just to make this help help ramp up guide of just like okay, and now for exercise, please rip out this page <laughs> and practice. Don't feel sad. It was made for this. <laughs> the, the problem is you're going to have some trouble getting libraries to carry it. I think I know. I have to make a disclaimer. Please not in bookstores and libraries. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that's, that, that's, that's awesome. one book where I'm just like, oh, that'd be so fun to write and so funny to see publishers go, what? Just, that just reminds me of that, that old joke where, you know, a man walks into a library and asks for a book on suicide. The librarian says, fuck off, you won't bring it back. <laughs> well, that was, that was the old joke about Final Exit. It was like the libraries have yeah. to keep reordering them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's been uh, that's been my two project ideas. Just uh, on that, um, uh, it would be kind of fun with uh, November coming up to uh, to try out on that, to try and write that up and see how far I go. But I really have to figure out because I do want it to be like half actually like intelligent and half just utter BS. You know, just like stupid exercises. But that you is know, a, that is a difficult line to straddle. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, to, to be intelligent, but then to be completely just you know to to play both sides where it's like i could burn this book it wants me to it terribly wants me to it tells me <laughs> now, now i'm just thinking of the douglas adams meal of the day in the I'd, restaurant I'd, I'd get to the very end and by the end i'd just be egging him on come on do it do it there's four pages left well you'd have to have one of those things where like it has a book of matches attached to the cover every, every a copy so that you know i was thinking started. about just taping a uh, match to the back cover it'd be great yeah wow oh here we go we got one. Oh, a question name and rank please Spike again, real quick question. Okay. How much would a first edition be worth? I don't know. We'll find out after the first one burns. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a like vaguely more entertaining version of and like much more likely to get arrested version of cow tipping. <laughs> I'm glad to bring the jackass of books out, you know, to yeah, out, out to the public. Your, That'll be a back cover line. copy. The jackass, the jackass of books. books. You know, like the dummies line. We'll just come out. The jackass Book. of books presents burning, beatings, you know, <laughs> maimings, self-mutilation. It's like, oh, these dummy books are bad. See, you could you could have a whole line of them. You could have like burning books with matches, burning books with acetylene torches, burning books, books with, in a bonfire, in a bonfire, burning books know. by throwing them into volcanoes. <laughs> Bestseller in Hawaii. Step one, fight a wall. You have a question? Oh, we got oh, we got things, papers. Actually, I already asked him. My this guy. Oh, okay. Papers. I snuck it in. Um. See. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. I do see that. Yeah. You're all prepared. So. 
being sort of the um, proud, almost proud parent of furry podcasting, I mean, from back in the Clawcast days, yeah. Um, what's your feel about the state of furry podcasting now? Uh, that I've been lazy. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to say it, but since you did, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I admit, well, it's it's, it's half laziness and half real life kind of showing up. Um, but no, I've I've always said it, you know, even from uh, particularly around the Anthropod days, and you know, maybe a little bit in the Clawcast days. I've been waiting for somebody to do it better. You know, I realize that you know I have my capabilities, and that there will be people with better resources and better talent that can show up and do a better job than me. It happens in everything you ever see, you know. And um, I'm not, not saying just that, about you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Otherwise, you'd be a really sad existence. <laughs> so now I'm story gonna, I'd write. <laughs> so now I'm going to curl into my rock, and no, um, everything I do, somebody else does better. <laughs> the end. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying, you know, every single time. Okay, this is going to go into some big sort of meta uh, analysis. But the reason that yeah. I eventually went into Phoenix is because that's one attribute I really like, is the, the capabilities to remake oneself. Um, and I kind of had one of those experiences. And I almost feel like I've had one again, you know, doing this crazy move and doing everything over. I feel like I've kind of done another metamorphosis. And I'm not really sure where that's going to take me. Um, Did you awake from uneasy dreams? <laughs> Every night. <laughs> oh, it does sound like a story I would write. Wow. But, um, yeah, and just, just to see where that will head off to. But, um, I mean, as as for everybody that's been showing up and doing podcasts that, that's come after it, you know, I, I absolutely adore it. I think it's great that, you know, people jump on and that they found this as a medium. I mean, when I originally first uh, first started and looked out there and, you know, got everybody up together to do Clawcast, there was actually one podcast before me, and that was called the Freaky Furry Friends Show. And that show, I uh, don't mean to make it to... to say anything but it wasn't my cup of tea it, it wasn't probably a lot of people because it, it, it was like the howard stern show and not in the happy way of just kind of like Woo! our audio levels are way off i'm talking over here you know it was just it was abysmal and there was nothing going on sorry if any of you are in the room um please don't stab me afterwards uh <laughs> But, you know, um, it's it, and as I said, it's everybody's cup of tea. Whenever I was doing my shows, for whatever reason I was doing, I always felt like I was doing the high intellectual news. And, you know, I, I was like the wolf blitzer, except not old and fat. Um, <laughs> and, and without 28 TVs behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Though that would be nice. You don't, have your, you don't have your own Robin. Imagine the games. Like, oh, dude, all right, next show I'm playing Fallout 3. Woo! So, um but, yeah, I, just everybody brings their own little flavor, and I'm happy with whatever anybody brings. Um, the Anthropod might come back, might not. I don't know. It just completely depends. Um, we'll just have to see, depending on what projects tickle my fancy. So, as at least a, a semi-expert podcast person who's done two podcasts now, which is more than I've done, um, Dude, I've done two podcasts, but I can guarantee you there's a handful that have done more episodes of every podcast than I've done. Oh. Yeah, but uh, what would you say are some of like the big rookie mistakes of podcasts? Because podcasts, there are a ton of them that like get to like five, six, seven episodes and then just die. Figure out what the hell you want to talk about. 
I mean, that a, seems to be a big That's one. the yeah. number one of just good God. Don't go in there like, hey, we got a bunch of our friends. We're into the fan. No, this is our episode. Woo! <laughs> There's so many of those where it's just like, all right, now you got to keep sustaining this energy. Let's let's keep going. Let's see what happens. And usually after a bit, it's just like, Ty didn't want to come today because he likes pudding, and I'm going to just do a 15-minute episode by myself. How y'all guys doing? The funny thing is that Flane's not exaggerating right now, but yeah, no, if no. you listen to some of the stuff out there, like, this is not it, it, it They really, really trail off. It's... It's it's kind of sad, but yeah, it's it's really just knowing what you want to talk about. There's nothing wrong with having your your morning show kind of routine. There's nothing. There's a reason those work in markets, but they even have segments and they have ideas and they have things that they pull forward, um, and they're constantly. Uh, most of them are trying to constantly innovate themselves um, and bring something kind of interesting to the table. Uh, so it's just one of those things of kind of seeing a niche and feel, uh, feel uh, so, uh, sorry it. I, my southern kind of show and it's time for y'all go fail it uh, fail it up <laughs> um, well, one of the things that I think is real interesting is that there's almost enough news just within the furry fandom to have a weekly podcast with a segment on news and that was one of the things that you guys did was mm-hmm. you looked at whatever it was furry ne.ws and yeah um that's always been my main go-to those guys have just i'm so lazy and um (laughs) and having some a group that actually collects everything for me is just like an hour before it's just like guys we gotta do a show those that them do those and that's one of the things that i think was is interesting i'm not going to go off another speech about the fandom and community and all but the fact that they do generate their own news mm-hmm. and yeah. that you could say things like hey this convention lost their hotel and why did that happen and have a 10 minute discussion on it and that that would be of interest to a lot of people out yeah. there mm-hmm. um again it's yeah. just i think it would be good to have like a sort of like a furry version of like reuters or something because like nowadays it seems like the best way that news spreads is like you go to fa and it's like wait there's like 10 people with the same journal title that right, must mean right. something happened <laughs> and like we need a better way to propagate like useful information than that either that or there's another sandwich meme oh, <laughs> i loved those <laughs> oh no there's fat people on the banner at the finisher <laughs> And then there's the I hate the sandwich meme meme. Yes. The anti-meme meme. Millhouse is not a meme. But Millhouse is not a meme is a meme. But he's not a meme. Thank you, Renee Magritte. <laughs> Here, do we want to go um, ahead and list, list wow, some other just, stuff you saw on somebody approves of that. That was for, that was for that was, our art. Yes, our art guy. Art guy. Mm-hmm. Art guys. I have to tell you something terrible when we're done recording, by the way. I hope you can share to the crowd. I was just going to say, you're going to throw that out, and all the people listening at home are going to be like, oh, hey, Come on, KM. Uh, well, now you have to make up something. <laughs> Yo, what can I do? So, while we're doing that... That time he got beaten by the mob. That was scary. Oh, my God. There you yeah, go. This was in Japan. I was up in northern Japan. You have like both like you know the Yakuza and like the Korean Mafia, where they were running all the pachinko outlets. You owe me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. Piece of advice. Never fuck with a Japanese dude with a dragon tattoo. <laughs> Peace. 
So we got our NBA Finals predictions from the basketball buddy. Right here, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got your, you got, your, got your Super Bowl picks for the year? Uh, yep. I um I literally was just like, oh, crap. Because last year it was almost just like a shoe-in. Yeah. I could have just closed my eyes and just went, all right. <sighs> Saints, Colts, Saints win. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, what are these two teams that are unbeaten and nobody can ever stop? Okay, it'll be those two. Uh, but I actually had to sit there and make... Also, Saints are good and Colts are evil and good prevails over evil, so Saints win. <laughs> but yeah, I had to I sit there and be like, okay, so what would... So I've even got wild cards all the way leading Holy up. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. He, um, got, he has a whole like, chart yeah. here. I'm looking okay. at the, In the AFC, I've got the Patriots... I know the Jets, the Colts, the Ravens. Yay. <laughs> the one, says, yeah, the Ravens. one Ravens fan is happy. Uh, the Steelers and the Texans. Yeah, uh, for NFC Giants, Eagles, Bears, Vikings, Saints, and Falcons. So I think that it's probably going to be the Colts and the uh, the Eagles. I'm looking at the uh, actually the Colts to take it. All right. All right. Uh, my prediction is it's going to be Pats Giants, and I can't not pull for the Pats. <laughs> okay, I love you. <laughs> Please don't stab me too. <laughs> I'm not hoping for this outcome, but I'm going to pick Falcon Steelers. And I'm going to say, unfortunately, I think the Steelers are going to win another one. You really think the Falcons are going <laughs> to? Lo- that's my team. I, I love you that team. You put the Falcons in there, too. Yeah, I did. Oh, you put them in the playoffs, not in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I put them going up. Actually, if I go back to this, who did they lose to? Um, I have to <laughs> the fact I have that you planned this out is amazing. I know. Uh, you know I they, just lost, can't, they lost I've, to the Vikings. Oh. Yeah. I, I've... You know, what What were the other NFC teams in your uh, mix NFC, there? NFC, uh, Giants, Eagles, Bears, uh, Vikings, Saints, and Falcons. Okay. Saints, maybe, but the Vikings are going to collapse. The Bears suck. The Giants aren't going to be able to sustain anything, and I've seen too many Eagles teams just fall short to be able to pick any of those guys. So, for mm-hmm. me, it would be between Saints and Falcons, and I think the Saints are going to have a post-Super Bowl letdown year. Mm-hmm. Well, what about uh, what do you think about the Bears right now? I, I've got, I've got one one friend in uh, Atlanta that is just like bears, bears. You know, um, they're going to go as far as their defense will take them. Mm-hmm. But as long as Jay Cutler's sitting back there, um, what do he get sacked nine times in one half mm-hmm. against the Giants? Oh my god! Um, you do not win Super Bowls with quarterbacks that cannot figure out how to avoid getting sacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, like nine well, times. a few sacks you can blame on your offensive line, but nine sacks you're just. Yeah, you're the, bad at football. The only reason, and, and the only reason that that I, I, you know, the only reason I dismiss the fact that the Falcons would be there, even though they are my team and I love them, is the fact that the game, the close games that they have won, were by the absolute skin of their teeth. You know, field goal at the last two seconds wins, and they've had like three of those j- thus far. Yeah, um, but they've only they've only really been blown out the one time, mm-hmm. and you can have a couple blowouts during a season. But I mean, the Bears have lost to 
mediocre teams. Hey, and if your pick wins, you know, by the way, that's awesome. I would, <laughs> I would love that, except for the ending. But you know, I'd love that um, because if any team, if any uh, town has gotten the absolute crap kicked out of them in the term of sports, coming from a Thrashers fan, um, well, also the, coming from baseball. I mean, when you win your division fourteen times. In a row, and only and win, win one World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are we playing again? The Yankees. Fuck. <laughs> By the way, can can we have a little cheer for the Yankees being eliminated from the baseball playoffs? <laughs> Suck it, why? Yeah. Oh Thank god, you. I was actually in Boston watching like the Yankees like in that ninth inning of that one game. It's like oh, it's like and now you're losing seven. I was like oh, it's like what? sex but better. Do you think Texas is going to do it? No. Uh, well, you know it all hinges on today, really, and tomorrow. Well, yeah, but I mean, what's the score at now? It was the top of the seventh, two and two. Yeah. Uh, for those of you keeping score at home, it's currently uh, two and two for the uh, San Francisco uh, Philly game. So if you say it's Philly, they uh, Texas wins, or and if I think that San Francisco can take the Rangers, <laughs> I think the Rangers are playing pretty out of their minds right now. They're pretty, pretty insane. <laughs> oh, and they, they crush the Yankees. Oh my god! Yeah, and like any team that crushes the Yankees has my vote, but. If it comes down to it, I mean, I mean, there's no, there's no problem with giving the hometown love that you know the the Giants definitely deserve. But it seems like every single time they've kind of won in just this, you know, like we're just gonna throw everything at them and just th- th- something will f- something will stick. Just do it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta say, you never know how the, those long series are gonna work out because you had like the 2003 where the Yankees and Red Sox played. Sorry to bring that up, but. That series just took everything out of the Yankees, and they lost the World Series. Yeah, so like going to leave but the show But then you had 2004, where it was a similarly intense seven-game series, and the Red Sox just rolled right out of that through the World Series. So, Dude, that was the best World Series that wasn't a World Series I know, ever. I know. We're, we're all furry sportscasts. But these storylines... <laughs> sounds, sounds like a new show idea. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh. <laughs> Here's our new we podcast got, called got, Fuck the Yankees. We certainly got... <laughs> I'm sorry, there's already three of those copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, that means there's a market for it. It's, a, it's a satellite site with a news network. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think, what's like the least popular species to make furry out of? To make a furry out of? Like all... Possum? Slug? Yeah, see, I know possum. I know some possums. And I, I do be- agree beavers are sl- super uncommon for a, like a common North American mammal. Lampreys are disgusting, that's why. I'm kind of stick with mammals. Yeah. Lampreys don't have fur. Sea urchins. I don't <laughs> naked mole rats? Naked mole rats, yeah. So, like, every Yankees, every Yankees player is a naked mole rat character? Is that how we do our furry sports cast? That's or you racist. Can have, um, like, uh... <laughs> oh, we got a contribution from Beehive. Uh, I, just, I just have to mention that, uh, you know, there's 500 players in the FBA now, and we do have six beavers. Do you, any, do you have any naked mole rats? Yeah, that's yeah. funny. No. There, there, actually, there, there was a question that I didn't get to while you're up here, and since we're talking about species and furry species and sports, one question I wanted to ask you is, is there a species that you have been waiting for somebody to make a character out of in the FBA that hasn't happened yet? Wow. Um, I know I'm your first caca missile. You are my first caca missile, yes. My stupid Panamanian jungle raccoon. <laughs> you just love the name Caca Missile. It's, it's fun. Oh, well, oh, have you heard, did I tell you about the Caca Missile thing with me and Beehop? 
I, I'll tell you. I later. think you need. Uh, well, I think you need to tell okay. the audience now. So, no, were you, you actually broadcasting that? Because you, you, you realize that was absolutely so basically, all he's in the middle of all you, you do realize. I just want to point out. You do realize that you're on a podcast, yeah. broadcasting to an audience, okay. and you can't just say. Oh, did you hear that really interesting story? Oh, I'll tell you when we're not recording anymore. <laughs> okay, so all right, since yeah. since B Hop's here, not to not to like like cock block Flane here, but uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm used to you I doing that to me. I think uh, Flane, Flane, I think you might have just got propositioned again. No, I think you got depropositioned. <laughs> I don't know. Aww. Your shoulder smells nice. I'm not making eye contact this, with anyone. This is because you had right conference now. picks. Yes, <laughs> it is. No, but uh, okay, so. Basically, what happened was is that I had had you know my character Devin Kellendine, who is a caca missile, and he's going on and he's just like, and he comes across it. He's like, he's like, how the hell do you say this animal? He's like, caca meal. Wait, is the T silent or not? Caca missile, caca misly. And he's like, ah, oh. he's like, it rhymes he's with like thistle. This stupid animal. And so like, <laughs> he's all like, I'm gonna send an email to Cam Hirosaki like right now. He's like, dear Cam Hirosaki, your animal is stupid. How do you want it pronounced? And then like, I get an email with this audio clip, and the actual text of the email does say, dear Cam Hirosaki, your animal is stupid. How do you want it pronounced? Well, it's called a caca missile. Caca missile. Oh, okay. It's it's it's. It's like a ringtail. I like my version more better. American. Do you have any skunks in the FBA? Quite a few. Quite a few, actually. And Stripe fact, spotted. A, 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 a striped skunk won uh, Defensive Player of the Year uh, this last season. Okay. Question. I'm sorry, not Defensive Player. I'm sorry. A sixth player. Sixth player of the year. Question from someone who's never who's seen the jerseys but never actually seen anything. Any avians? Oh, yeah. Quite a oh, few. In okay. fact, uh, Are they allowed to fly? One flap rule. Ah. Suck! You're burdening them down! It's uh, Bobby Heron is an egret on the uh, Biloxi Mud Puppies, and uh, he's v- one of the right. most effective users. Playing with Devin Kellendine Playing with Devin Kellendine. He's got a very good power forward on that, uh, that team. Right, very yeah. effective use of the one flap rule. I'm going to get a, I think a this bird is, league, just, and we're just going to do Quidditch. <laughs> just, just, kind of to, just, just kind of to re-relate this all back to right, and I think this is... <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Stay with me. I can do this. Wait, what I podcast am I on again? <laughs> Is that all of this all of this creativity about the world that's being built up, the fact that you have a rule for avians, and we've talked about this before with your players, how you know each of the species, you have rules that kind of are intended to level the playing field for everyone. And that's not a zoning issue. No. And um, that was an office reference. Uh but I think that's all part of storytelling. It's part of making it an interesting story. And we get questions occasionally from people who are like, my character's invulnerable and omnipotent. How do I make the story interesting? <laughs> you kill them. <laughs> but not only is it like, you know, you're taking story considerations, in, but you're also actively considering the furry element to it. And that's for us a really important thing to keep in mind because a lot of times it does get lost and it really yeah. shouldn't for exactly us. for us for us we are at your mercy <laughs> good we've de- I've degenerated right. your show well, down just, just, so yeah. Yeah. I just made Jackie laugh <laughs> and uh, and I'm going to Joaquin kidded. Phoenix the rest of the show alright then yeah <laughs> So well, Flane's done. So, well, Flane. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you couldn't be here with us today. <laughs> Reference Wayne. 
Um, but thank you for making. But thank you for making the trip down. And welcome to the Bay Area, and we hope to see a lot more of you. All right. Awesome. I'll be around for certain. Excellent. Peace, kids. Big hand. We've got one more guest. We wanted to have someone come up here from, um, from Further Confusion. And how do you want to be introduced? Uh, just, uh, Sean. Sean? Sean? Okay. Yeah. We, have, we have Sean, who's... In charge of programming? Yeah, programming director. So, welcome. Thank you. We're getting, we're getting like all adjusted like, here. I almost feel like this is like pre-con right here. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I know. This is fun. Yeah. Is everybody... It, how many people here are, are going to be at FC? Good. Woo. Excellent. There we go. Are we excited uh, for we, it? The SoCal people are maybe. Yeah. Good. Oh, we'll well, be you guys there. drove up here for this. you got to drive up for FC. Well, yeah. Yeah. There you go. You don't even need to cross state lines for us. You just got to go through Pacheco Pass, which I know sucks, but hey. Um, so we wanted to say last year we had a great time in FC. We did a great. live show, and there was a ton of writing panels. Okay. Um, we just wanted to hear your take on what are you guys doing this year? Well, uh, this year we're hoping to uh, reproduce quite a bit of our writing track. Um, we had really good feedback from it last year. Uh, we want to continue with that. Um, I don't think I've had a programming request for you guys to come on live again. Um, you know, we definitely want to invite you to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Let's consider it done. We'll be happy right. to. Okay. Great. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a. Uh, we're right now in the middle of, of scheduling all of our programming, so a little bit of it's up in in the air right now. But we're definitely looking to reproduce a lot of what we've done, uh, particularly uh, tracks regarding how to actually write furry animals. You know, furry characters, anthropomorphic characters. Mm-hmm. How to take into consideration. You know, body types, phenotypes within stories and how those affect how characters interact and things like that. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so I know last year you had uh, Claire Bell on a lot of your writing panels. Yeah. And uh, she uh, she had a lot of really good insight because she's an out-of-fandom writer. Yes. But uh, she, I thought it was so cool. She was like wearing a fursuit at the con. It's oh, just yeah. like she was yeah. totally into the oh, whole yeah. furry con well, thing. She really is. Which yeah. is really awesome. It's, actually, it's funny. Um, she's actually managing, uh, heading up our science track this year. Um, oh wow! So we're really, really happy with the work that she's that. been doing, wow. and uh, we're yeah, looking cool. at uh, having a, a number of uh, tracks related to actual physiology of animals and uh, paleophysiology for oh, wow. this nice. year. So that should be really interesting. Very cool. Wow. I'm actually like super excited about that already. <laughs> I know, really. Um, anything else that you have going on there that you think? Well, we really don't have any too much in the way of live podcasting going on. Um, it's something that we think we would like to do because we'd like to do a lot more in the way of uh, after-hours programming that's alternate to dances. So dances are a really huge part of the, the convention, mm-hmm. but not everybody's up for dancing. So we want to be able to provide you know outlets for people to go and enjoy other experiences. So you know things like live podcasting is things that we would really, really like to bring in and, uh, and have that be more a part of our convention. Well, that's cool. Well, we certainly well, enjoy live podcasts. We, we <laughs> certainly do. And uh, you, you might have heard we have a couple of other uh, podcasters in the room who yes, might be interested actually. in bringing some of your... <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Um, do you have a right and guest of honor at Further Confusion this year? Um, well, you put me on the spot. Yes, we do. Um, we have Paul Kidd coming in from Australia. Right. Oh, wow. Um, he's, of course, you know, for people who've been in the fandom for a long time, Paul Kidd's a really big name. Yep. Um, he's he's Whisper of Wings. Whisper and, of Wings. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Unfortunately, it's really bad on me that I'm not very familiar with his breadth of stuff. 
but he's he's been around for a long time. He's been a big name. Um, he, certainly a name since I've been in the fandom, which has been far too long. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. They're with you. Yep. Exactly. Well, cool. Yeah, and uh, we had uh, we had a lot of fun last year. Not just at the mm-hmm. um, at the podcast. The podcast was great last year, and we hope uh, any of you guys come into further confusion. Hopefully, you'll be able to make it to the podcast there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the panels um, we did we did some of the panels, yes. but um, even just there was so much variety there, and we were really impressed with that because. Mm-hmm. A lot of conventions, like Rainforest comes to mind, they're really pushing the writing track hard. But yeah. a lot of conventions, the writing tracks is just kind of it's how to write there. furry characters, yeah. and that's yeah. one panel or two panels. So at Further Confusion, a lot of our panels, and in fact pretty much all of our panels, come from suggestions and desires of our guests to come and put on. So it, it, we're very fortunate that we're a fairly large convention, that we can draw a large number of people who want to come and give those particular types of panels. Um, I don't yeah, I really can't speak to how uh, other conventions attract those those individuals, but you know, it, it's getting people who are really passionate about those panels to come and lead those tracks, to reach out to the community and to say, "Hey, we've got these things that we want to do. Can you come and help us do it?" And that that's one of the things is you know, from the convention itself has to have that leadership, but the community is also really a big part of that. So, like, if any of our listeners have any, like, ideas or suggestions for the writing track, who yes. should they get in touch with? Um, they should actually get in touch with uh, us at Further Confusion at uh, events at furtherconfusion.org. Okay. Um, just okay. fire us off an email. I see every single one of them. I'll forward you to the correct uh, uh, individual who can uh, get that uh, set up for you. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I know. I guess we're contributing now, you and I. I, I, you are. I, I guess so. Helping us out in a big are. way. Anything else that we have? Uh, any, yeah. any, any, any of you any guys questions? have questions for further confusion programming? Step right up. Hello, my name is Black Feather. I'm actually the Hi, one Black running Feather. the track for further yes. confusion this year again. Hi there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, last year, so I'd like to know uh, suggestions of writers that people would like to see uh, brought in. I, unfortunately, and I can't get like memberships for other people, but uh, anybody who's going to come to the con, you know, could who'd want to. Uh, to talk about writing and stuff, and I can look over. I mean, I may not be able to put everybody who's suggested on there, but I'd like to get more suggestions because I'd like to get more writers involved because I had, like, maybe, what, seven or eight last year. I'd like to get even more this year if possible. So, you know, I want to get more active and stuff. So, you know, please uh, do write, write to the address given, and uh, they can forward it on to me, the uh, the suggestions. So, Cool. Yes. Cool. Absolutely. Um, anybody else have anything they want to ask? Don't be shy. Or- I'm pretty sure Sean doesn't bite. No, no I, I really don't. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> we have a dissent in opinion in the audience, but yeah, we'll yeah. let that go for now. Okay. Uh, anything? Great. Any last things you want to tell us? Um, you know, What's, what should uh, what should everybody not miss at Further Confusion this year? Well, what they should not miss at Further Confusion this year are going to be our after hours events. Okay. Uh, this oh. year, we're going to be doing uh, an improv session. Uh, basically an open mic night kind of a thing. Uh, that's actually new for us. Cool. Uh, of course, our traditional things are going to be the Masquerade, and this year our variety show, Further Confusion Unleashed. Uh, that should be a very good show this year as well. Um, and of course, uh, any of our live uh, podcasts for the Confusion Unsheathed. Awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Thanks so much for coming down here. Um, anybody else have questions or anything they want to ask us while we're here? We'll do a big furry free-for-all here. 
Yeah. Does anybody else have questions? Any anything you guys want to ask us or? Oh, we, we got have one a, more. We have one more from our best friend. Do you think you'll be doing this again? I think we have to. This uh, is absolutely blast. yeah. This is this is terrific. We got yeah. a ton of people coming down, and the space is great. Um, we got a lot of cool support, and we had promises from Tugrick that uh, next time we do this, we can get all kinds more shiny stuff here for people, like uh, you know, little tokens or mementos or something. And yeah, I mean, uh, if anyone was maybe, fo- if anyone I'm not was making promises, my- I'm just saying there's the potential for yeah. all of this. I say, like, if anyone was following my Twitter earlier today, you will have seen that I was super nervous about this. And as soon as I got here, like that just totally changed into excitement. And like this has been, yeah, well, yeah, the the, the wine did help numb the nervousness, <laughs> but that doesn't explain the excitement because usually just wine just makes me sleepy and lazy, uh, and not necessarily like eager. But uh, no, I mean this this has been great, and you know, just like, the, the turnout was really uh, encouraging, and you know, just like having. You know, all these people it's here. Like, it's, it's like a little convention almost. It is. It's like a mini-con in a workshop So in the rain. So look out Look out for us in 2011. I think you should. I think this is a really good show. Cool. Thank you. Well, thanks a lot. Well, you were part from, of it. So. From someone who was part of it. Yes. And helped. <laughs> I my part was especially good. I, I, I agree. I think so, too. I just want to say, yeah, I drove up here from California just for this break, pretty much, me and me and my friend Spike, so, uh, and... You guys didn't disappoint, and uh, if you're doing this again, hey, I'll cater. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, thank you very much. You That's go. awesome. People who are looking forward to 2011, uh, I guess we've got standards to live up to now. I, I guess so. Did anybody come here from further than Southern California? I'm just curious. I, I, don't, I didn't hear of anyone, but that doesn't mean you did not. <laughs> you came from Georgia yeah. a month and a half ago. Yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> Fl- Flynn came from Georgia and then squatted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, just two great care. Just wanted to uh, you know welcome you guys to the shop, and thanks for coming here and letting us host for you. We're glad to have you. This is a lot of fun. you got a great crew, and we'll welcome yeah. you back any future time you want to do it. Well, All thank right. you very much, and thank you again for the oh, use yeah. of your space. Uh, yeah, big no, hand for Tugwick, yeah. everyone. Definitely uh, super huge thanks to uh, to Tugrick and, uh, and Monosaurus Media. Media Studio. And uh, if, if any of you folks are in the Bay Area and you want to do any kind of creative projects, um, really of pretty much any kind at all, um, if you have anything that needs a high-powered laser, <laughs> like seriously. Um, but Tugrick is a great guy to contact because... He has all kinds of resources. He has his great shop, and they love to help out. Even with, we're just like we we want to talk into a microphone. Can you help us with that? And he was like, "Sure, you can use our space." And by the way, we're going to set up a video camera, and we're going to twitcast you, and we're going to do all this other stuff. And it's, but no Vor, no Mpreg, and no LeBron. Too great. Too great. Sorry, I was saying it right. Just to close this out, I'll give everybody the Cliff's Notes version. Screw for Kovalchuk, screw LeBron, and screw the Yankees. <laughs> I, I can't promise that next year will be less sports-focused, but... Um, <laughs> thank you for coming to Unsheath Sportscast 2010, everyone. <laughs> yes, thank you, and thank all you guys for coming, because really, um, we're, we're very used to doing this with... Um, audience of basically one yeah and sometimes two 
it's um oh. it's just really exciting to be able to do it with a to a bunch of people to get you guys up on the microphones and everything and you know we get feedback in email but getting it in person and as part of the show is is really energizing and makes us feel like we want to keep doing this some more yeah so. like and again like the turn on here like i said i was expecting maybe like a third as many people here as actually showed up which is just that yeah that warms my got, heartstrings which is actually possible believe it or not i, I think we got i think we got all of our close friends and and then some so yeah that's pretty cool although none of my roommates came. and um lastly of course as oh. always um i want to get a round of applause for our producer here kit silver <clears throat> because Kid is the one who turns this from just KM and I talking to each other in a room by ourselves into something that everybody around the world can hear. Yeah. And We he, talk to each other enough as is. He brought all the equipment here and set it up with the help of Jay Ott over there. And um, really, you know, um, we're the ones that sit here and don't shut up for an hour and a half. But Our Kit, job is easy. Kit, Kit is the one that makes it all possible. Aww. Also, he's like the best wolf ever. Um, so What's write, to us at, write to us at unsheathpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us at unsheathed on Furfinity. I am Kyle Gold. And I am Cam Harasaki. And we're wishing you a very happy good night. All right. Good night.